what do you do when you have a leader in your organization who has the technical skills needed in their department, perhaps overqualified, but they are lacking personal skills. They have an eight or a nine in technical skills and a three in personal skills. Hmm. Well, personal skills are relative to the job. Um, my question would be how much of their scope of work involves working with people. You know, I've, I've got and I've had some employees who were good working in a cubicle, in an office by themselves, in a room alone, and were perfect. The moment they had to work with people, um, it fell apart. So if they are an eight or nine in technical and a three in personal, my question would be, is there a way we can find a place to isolate this person so that they can work alone and continue to be an eight or nine? Because I am not in favor of letting an eight or nine go. You just got to make sure that their technical job does not require them to interface or interact with people. Because an eight or nine in anything is hard to find. So you need to take that eight or nine, find them a closet, a room, a sewage pipe, a back alley or something, and let them work technically and not expect them to be professional uh, interactively. Um, I wouldn't let them go. And then I think that you need to work with that person and do some personal assessments to see if there's a way you can coach them up because you are the leader and uh, you should uh, find a way to perhaps get them from a three to a six. Okay, it probably won't ever be a 10, but if you can get them from a three to a five or six, then maybe you can let them meet with people one-on-one -on -one and not crowds of people. But an eight or nine is hard to let go and hard to find. So put them in a technical position, keep them away from human interaction. And I think that um, you can find somebody else uh, who maybe a eight or nine in the personal skill, but a three in the technical and keep them out of the technical area. Number five, how do you overcome the fear of starting a business? Well, consider what you fear and why you are afraid and then do it anyway. Um, I was afraid when I started both of my companies but I did it anyway. I was afraid when I started this church, but I did it anyway. I was afraid when I started Lighthouse downtown and still have some anxieties about it, but I did it anyway. And uh, your work will pay off. We walked in there Sunday for praise and worship and it was, you know, 30 people there for praise and worship. By the time I finished preaching, it was over. We had over 165 people. Um, you just got to stay with it. If you stay there long enough, the people will come. Um, sometimes businesses uh, win just because they were there longer than the people who didn't. We got a school here. I started a school. I talked to a guy whose school has been open 22 years. His father started it. Uh, my buddy, Pastor Mitch Summerfield, and he's now over it, over in North Carolina. And I started telling him about some of the ills that we had been going through early on when we started. He said, man, starting a school is like having a restaurant. Uh, you're going to be in it five years before you see any success. 
sometimes you are, f- are fearful of something that's absolutely normal. <laughs> it's normal for a business to take three to five years to succeed and being afraid that it will fail or that uh, starting it will be a problem. You're afraid of what's normal. And so knowing what's normal will help you and uh, do it anyway. And if you can climb over your fears, uh, y- you will overgrow, you will grow uh, and sustain and uh, your business will be around for the long haul. So I hopefully I've answered those questions. Um, what I want to do before I answer the other two questions, and I'm going to give you a call of action. And then I uh, got my third question. I'll take that as the final one. I didn't have to get a loan for my first salon. However, it seems that I need the funding this time. Should I slow down? Oh my God. Should I slow down? I'm going to love answering your question. Should I slow down? Save capital. Or go for the loan? Great question. I'm going to have fun answering that one. Send me an email uh, with all of your business goals for 2019. I want you to email me with all of your goals. This is going to let me know that you're serious. We've got 17 participants on right now. Um, I really have a goal to grow this business startup lab. I hope that when I do one of these coaching section uh, sessions a year from now, that we've got 150, 200 participants on. Uh, I really want to grow it. And I'm going to need you to help uh, to recommend this to your friends if it's working and uh, give us your feedback of how we can shape things uh, to better serve you. I'm trying to do more impersonal things and and things like this and not just always email you videos but have live opportunities like this. So send us an email with your goals for 2019. Here's the email address. Are you ready? And I think I might be able to myself type it in. It's marketing at keonhenderson.com. Marketing at keonhenderson.com. Let me proofread it. Marketing at keonhenderson.com. Right? I've just put, for me to all of the panelists and attendees, I just put the email address into the chat. I want you to get that email and... um, I want you to in email me all of your goals for 2019 and uh, we're going to review those and, and see if we can help you to accomplish those. All right. As we finish up and I want to thank you for your time and patience. Here's the first question that we got here in the group chat. When is the right time to hire? Well, here is the deal. You should always be interviewing even when you're not hiring. Okay. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if somebody's going to wake up and get married and decide they want to move to Barbados. You don't know if somebody's going to get addicted to a substance. You don't know if somebody's marriage is going to fall apart. You don't know if somebody's going to get a better offer uh, in a warmer climate or a cooler climate. You don't know what's going to happen. So you need to always be interviewing for every position in your organization so that in the event a good person leaves, you won't be stuck in the mud and you'll have a replacement. Typically, to answer your question more specifically, I don't like to hire anybody unless I have at least one year's salary in the bank for that person. When you hire somebody, you take on the responsibility of them choosing their life based on the compensation they're receiving in exchange for the work. So 
um, you've got to make sure that if possible, and maybe six months, stretch three months, but I personally don't like to hire unless I have at least one year's salary in the bank. And that's usually an indicator uh, that you are sustainable enough to bring somebody on. If you don't have that, then you have to get with the person and find out what is the hire going to bring to the company. In other words, if you spend $60,000 on this person, will they be worth 350000 If that is the case, then it's a no-brainer. You hire immediately. But here's a rule of thumb. Hire slow, fire fast. Take your time. Interview, meet the dog, the cat, the neighbor. Interview the first grade teacher if you can. Hire slow, fire fast. Number two. The question is, is should I put my own money up versus getting a business loan? Number one, I always say use somebody else's money. I always say use somebody else's money. If you have a $100,000 need and you have $100,000 in the bank, then it does not make sense to go cash poor and then have to depend on a dream that hasn't yet fully developed. So if you can get the loan, you get the loan and use the bank's money, knowing full well that you have this collateral that if all goes down, then you could use your money to ensure that you don't drown. Cash is king. If the stock market drops, and the loan loses value, our FDIC says, you know what, we can't keep, um, we can't keep our end of the bargain because it's above 250000 I don't want to get into the minutia of all of that. But you always use the bank's money unless you've got a million dollars in the bank and you have a $10,000 need, then the risk tolerance is not high enough to go pay interest on. And then if you have what I like to call invisible interest, um, and people, you know, have different ideas and say, for instance, you can't buy a car cash. And I was at a point in my life and I'll be honest with you, I couldn't buy cars cash, but what I did have is an eight, uh, 800 credit score. And so I could get low interest rates on my cars. And if you can get what I like to call invisible interest, still get the loan. I know the debt consolidators will tell you, Hey, buy a cash car. And, and in all cases, that is very smart and it's very true. But if in case you can't buy a car cash and you need a car uh, that's going to be reliable and you have to get a loan, get the interest rate as low as possible. Invisible interest to me is somewhere between zero and 1.9%. And that means a majority of your money on the payment is going towards the principal, not the interest. Uh, but always, always use their money, um, keep yours, and if you get in trouble, use yours to get out. Okay? Last question. I have um, so much passion for this question. It says, um, I didn't have to get a loan for my first line. However, it seems that I need the funding this time. Should I slow down, save the capital or go for the loan. My question for you is this. Number one, um, why 
don't you have, if you had the money to start the first one, is there any reason that you haven't been profitable enough to save the money for the second one so that you can do the second one the same way you did the first one? And that may be a heavy question, but it could be a million answers. Family grew, house notice more, or you want to go bigger this time. It, it, there's a myriad of different answers for that. Um, so here is something that uh, I tell people. Whenever your business is growing, um, okay, it says, I took a loss when I moved to Texas, came doing Harvey. Okay, here is something that I want to say to you. Sometimes you have to listen to me. Sometimes you have to stop succeeding so you can build structure. Okay. This may not be the time to go start the second salon. Not that it won't ever be time, but this may not be time to go do it because obviously taking a loss, moving a hurricane, all of that is insurmountable uh, odds that not many people can get over. So let's regroup from all of that. Okay. And, and not be as ambitious uh, to start. The other thing is, is I didn't start the second location for the Lighthouse Church until we were eight years old. Because if you don't handle what caused the loss, if you haven't recuperated from the hurricane and the move, then the second salon would be uh, a redistribution of the dysfunction that is currently going around the current building with loss, movement, hurricane. So now that you've recovered from all of that, maybe you want to wait. I took a loss uh, when I moved to Texas, came doing Harvey, uh, came doing Harvey okay. I'm five years in. Um, and, and I don't know um, enough about the business, but I do know my answer is this. Sometimes you have to stop succeeding so that you can build the structure. Um, and I would not, um, at this moment, I wouldn't personally go and take out another loan um, that would cause you to have to use the proceeds from your current business to pay the loan back because if the business is not capable right now of sustaining a second location, then we need to get the business in the position where it can sustain a second location, then go get the money from the bank, right? Here's the principle. Then go get the money from the bank and have this apparatus, business one, accelerating the payment back to the bank so that you're not in debt in perpetuity because you took the loan out to open it, hoping that the second business will pay the loan back. Um, so I, um, that's my honest feedback. Uh, we started another location. Um, our, our, uh, one of our businesses, I did not take a loan out. What I did is I made sure that the first business could sustain the second business. Um, and then um, I borrowed the money. Um, I was fortunate enough to borrow it from myself. Uh, but um, in other cases, if I wasn't able to borrow from myself, I would have borrowed it from the bank. And um, but I would have been OK because I had enough capital coming from business one that could sustain business, too. So if your first business is able to sustain the second business right now, month to month, employees uh, buy the shampoo bowls, buy the hair dryers, buy uh, the, uh, the curling irons. Uh, get the, uh, the, the, the hair products, 
if it's able to get all of that right now, if you're able to sustain all of that with your current income, then go get the loan from the bank so that you can start it fast and then accelerate the payment from business one to pay the bank back so that business two is out of debt um, faster. Because here, here's why I'm telling you that. Because the same way a move, a loss, and Harvey caused a fracture in the first business, you don't know what move, what loss, or what hurricane is coming that will cause the second business to be shaky, which would then put the weight of the second business and the first business on the first business. Okay. So uh, hopefully that helps. Uh, remember guys, send us an email with your business goals for 2019 marketing at Keon Henderson.com. Thank you all so much uh, for uh, the opportunity uh, to be with you. We've been together 51 minutes. That went so fast. I had a great time. Remember send your uh, goals to Keon, marketing at KeonHenderson.com. Friends and colleagues, it's time to take action and subscribe to this podcast. Follow Keon Henderson on social media at Pastor Keon. Visit the website daily for lifestyle, leadership, and learning at KeonHenderson.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep doing life.